circles on the beach. Kicked around this place by feet. Oh. <laughs> oh, wait there. One second. Let me just let me sort the ambience out for you. Look at this. There we go, there we go, there we go, like pebbles on the beach, kicked around this place by feet. Hello and welcome to, and let me just tell you what episode it is, because I can't remember. We're flying through them, aren't we? Um, must be on, must be on 100, are we now? Here's Outdoors Podcast. <laughs> Let's have a quick look. Should have done this before, let's be honest. And welcome to episode 16 of the Hayes Outdoors podcast. Just check my levels are sorted. Sorted. For those, so hello. Quick wave to everyone who's watching on Patreon. Hello to everyone who's just listening in Todd Luggles. For those of you that are just listening, Todd Luggles, you'll have missed that. I've just lit, uh, just lit, I've just litted a candle behind me because it's a bit more outdoorsy, isn't it? it's a bit more bushcrafty. I think, like having a candle. And in fact, for those just listening, maybe I'll do one from other room sometime with fire on and that. Tales from the fire, yes. A night time, because it's, it, it's morning now. I'm always doing these on a morning. Just get this sorry, sorry for fidgeting, you know, mate, fidget spinner. I'm always doing these of a morning when I feel the most alive and the most productive. Just having my morning coffee as well. Um, so maybe we'll do a, we'll get hot chocolate going and do a little Tales from the Fire. That'll be quite nice. But in, attempt, in an attempt to make it a little bit more outdoorsy, because my mate Matt said it looked like a, um, like, like a call girl had lent me her bedroom for an hour. Which, fair dues with purple lights and stuff, but we've got a candle, we've got some mushroom pictures up and that. What more do you want from me? So, breathe in, breathe out. <laughs> what date is it? Breathe in, breathe out. It's the 15th of April. It's Good Friday. So, happy Easter. This is the Easter edition episode. I should have really thought about that. Before coming into it, I should have thought, let's do an Easter theme. Talk about eggs. Talk about why at Easter, I sometimes think that rabbits lay eggs. Or is that because it was drilled into me? At primary school, um, the primary school that I was at on Easter, we'd go in one day and there'd be loads of little white footprints everywhere. Like caretaker, caretaker had obviously just gone around with thing and there would be like an egg hunt. And I thought that rabbits laid eggs for some reason. Because it's mad, isn't it, to have eggs and ra like what's the rabbit doing with laying, bringing eggs? It's ma Do you know what? We should all just take a step back. This is how I feel about life, especially after the pandemic and that. We should just all take a step back and have a rethink, a good old rethink about everything, literally everything. We'll be like, we'll sit down, 
We'll have a big old Zoom call with everybody in the world and we'll just sit down and we'll just say, look, guys, this rabbit bringing these eggs is baffling. You know, we've got enough to deal with contemplating our existence, you know, the infinity, the infinite amount of stars and space that seem to be just constantly above us, well, are just constantly above us. Love, anger, all our emotions, spirituality, you know, atoms, everything like that. And you're, and then we've got a, a rabbit bringing chocolate eggs around and no one's saying anything. No one's saying, hold on, why? Stop. We need a minute. We need to, we need to just reevaluate what's gone, gone on here. Because it's like, you know, Lord of the Flies or... So one of the things where if we were all just on a desert island or we'd all just been dumped somewhere and then one of us <laughs> just turned up in a bunny costume with loads of eggs, hiding eggs and saying, like, oh, you've, got to, you've got to find these eggs for I is the Easter bunny. You'd be like, mate, I think fucking... I think Steve's lost it. I think Steve's gone through the looking glass with his eggs and that. But it is Easter and it's for kids, in it? I'm hosting a little party on Sunday at my crib and there's going to be children there. So I'm going to do exactly that. I'm not going to dress up as a rabbit, but I'm going to do a little treasure hunt for some little bits and pieces, you know, like chocolates, uh, ciggies, a few northern monks kicking about be good. It'll be good because it's Easter after all, isn't it? The time to eat chocolate eggs. I don't know much about it. I've gone down a bit of a cul-de-sac. Um, speaking of cul-de-sacs... Oh, no. Speaking of chocolate, actually, did you see... And this is mad to say that, though. It just reminded me of chocolate. Right, this is what this is the segue, how I see it, is that... Did you see... There was um, a thing going about online of this monk and I think he was like a hundred and fucking, I don't know. He was old, mate. He was in his, it was like 120. I'm going to say 120, am I? Old monk type, old monk. Oldest monk. Oh, uh, <laughs> type oldest monk. 200 year old monk. Oh, it's a mummy. But anyway, this gadge, 109. It was 100, he is still 109. And, uh, oh no, 122. No one knows really. I'm just, this is just, you know. Anyway, it looked like he was made, at first when I saw it, it was just this old monk and he was in bed and he was sort of patting this little girl's head. And I didn't think it was real at first. It looked animatronic. Like it looked, and it looked like a bad animatronics. You know, like, um, you'll maybe go on one of them, like, rides, old school rides, like Disney style rides, and they'd have them, like, mechanical human movements that just aren't real. It was like that. And he was so old, his cheeks had just, like, gone into himself. And he was so thin. And this sounds real bad of me to say this, right? And this was... um. 
this was why I segued because when I said about chocolate, is that it looked like if a, if a, like if a, you know like a curly whirly, the, the chocolate a curly whirly. If you had a curly whirly w- with eyes, it looked like that. If a curly whirly was trying to pat you on head, it looked like that. And that's no diss to both that monk or curly whirlies. It's just how it appeared in the old thought brewery. <laughs> That's how it was and how it is. And um, it was mental. And it just made me think like, what? He was practically a skeleton. Like, what part of us then? It's that age old thing in it. It's like, if you cut your arm off, you're still you, aren't you? But then if you cut your other arm off, you're still you. At what point are you not you? It got me thinking about. Because he was just, but like almost like a skeleton, just a skeleton. But he must have had, he must have, well, he has thoughts and, and all that sort of clobber on his, in his brain. Well, anyway, that's a little side note. Happy Easter to every to one and all. May your chocolate be. May your chocolate never melt, and your bunny rabbits. Be, oh, did you ever when you were younger? We used to throw eggs. I mean, this is just for the UK squadron. I think. I mean, it just does. But did you ever just? Roll eggs down a hill or throw them. We used to tie-dye eggs in onion skins. <laughs> well, I didn't. My nan used to tie-dye eggs in onion skins. So if you wrap an egg with its shell on in an... Is this right? Am I right? Put an onion skin around an egg and then put it in, like, some water with vinegar in it or beetroot or something and it dyes it a lovely shape, a uh, lovely sort of pattern. And then you go with family and you just sh- chuck them off a hill. Or if you can't be, if you if you see BA, can't be asked, just roll them down the stairs. Get your egg, roll it downstairs to open it up. I don't know if that's just a thing, a Yorkshire thing. Now that I'm saying it, it sounds crazy, doesn't it? Like a lot of these things that you just take for granted when you come, especially when you come from like a small fishing town like me. There could, and it's like, you know, it's, yeah, it's like, yeah, that's the island of the Lord of the Flies, isn't it? Growing up in small places like that where, you know, people, you, you just learn stuff that's not necessarily right. And then you leave there into the big wide world, rubbing your eyes and you're like, oh, oh, so you don't worship you know, pomegranates. You don't, you know, eat fish every Friday or you actually carve pumpkins and not fucking rock hard turnips. This is how to live, is it? We're just doing it all backwards in our little town. Um, What have I been up to? I hear no one. I hear one person at the back cry. One of you eight. Says, Izzy, what have you been up to? <laughs> all sorts, mate. I've been up to all sorts of stuff. Some stuff I can't say because it's, uh, you know, got some stuff coming out in the future. So I don't want to spoil it. Some stuff I can't say because it's too nuts. And some stuff I can say and I'm going to say. Well... I think I'll batter through everything else and then I'll go to, I'll go to like crescendo because we're learning how to do this properly, you see. But I have been away with Matt and his brother-in-law 
and um, had a bit of a, <laughs> had a good one actually, but I'll tell you about that after we've gone through a couple of my other little bits and pieces, because it's that time where we have a quick look at some positive news. That's what we're going to do. Just to counteract the amount of mad news that's going on around at the moment, on around, I can't talk properly, you know. The school that shortened its working week and what happened next? Amid growing interest in shorter working weeks. Oh, I touched on this, actually, recently, either with you or someone I was talking to in real life, maybe. Um, a school that rejected its timetable is now consulting on adapting its week further because of burnout and stuff. So they're looking at doing, well, they've been doing a four and a half day week and now they're looking to do a four day week because it's hel it helps the kids to learn, to retain information, stops burnout, obviously. And, and it's the same with the teachers as well. And for anyone who's a teacher out there, a couple of my best friends, like Joey D is a teacher. My mate Tom, who was here up man yesterday, um, came over for a cup of tea, because it's Easter holidays, isn't it? That's when all my teacher mates can play out. And, you know, the stress that they're under and like how much they work for the money they get and the hours, and when you think that they're responsible for the the, uh, the next generation... I think it's a great idea because this old ethic of like, because I grew up with like, you, you've got to graft. You've got to be a grafter. Hard work is, you know, equals success or whatever. And I remember when I was, so I went to landscaping college and then I would, I, I worked for several different landscapers and I would go in, this landscaper lived in a village, so it was out of York. And I would bike there. It was maybe maybe seven miles, seven miles or something, seven or eight miles. And I would bike there, hail, sleet, storms, whatever. In winter, it was in dark. So you'd, and I'd need to be at work for seven. So you're setting off about six every morning. I'd set off, do a full day's graft for them, leave at like six. So I'd maybe do 12-hour days. I mean, especially in summer, maybe 12 hour day. Then I'd get back and I'd have my little car and I'd go to my own jobs because I was setting up myself and then work until there was no daylight. And if I had a, f a floodlight, I'd use that. So you're looking at like 18 hour plus days and that are like week in, week out, working weekends. Because I'm just like, oh, this is how you do it, innit? You've got to put a, put a shift in. But then and I look back, it nearly killed myself. When I was starting up my business and w working with other people. And I've always done that. I've always juggled too much or done too much. You know, working full-time landscaping and then doing my YouTube channel and just putting hours into it. When I don't think it's necessary, is it? We all just need to, like these kids in this school who are finding it beneficial, we need to maybe take a step back and introduce a four-day week. And I'm going to start campaigning for it. And when I say campaigning, I mean just mentioning it every now and again on a podcast that goes out to eight people. And hopefully one day that'll change the world. Because also, 
you wouldn't have such a, and I've mentioned this before, but you wouldn't have such a condensed weekend, would you? You wouldn't have just everybody bottlenecking at a fucking trampoline park or whatever just to try and grasp a little bit of what they think is fun downtime. We could actually just stagger it. And so, because fun, fun downtime isn't fun downtime when you're queuing and everyone's fucking you know, clambering over each other to get to an Isle of Whitby t-shirts. It's not good. And all that gear. So, yeah, that's definitely a good thing, innit? Get them, get them working weeks down. A result of the world's largest study on kindness is in. Let's have a quick dig. There's a guy in a wheelchair with a guy pushing him. That's kind. Kind of patronising. <laughs> Uh, last year, 60,000 people volunteered to take part in a University of Sussex study on kindness. Now, the results have been presented in a special series on BBC Radio 4. Um, I guess you'll have to check that out online because I'm not going to read all that to you. I wonder if kindness has gone up since the pandemic and stuff. Or do you think people are just maybe out just for themselves? I feel kinder. That might be just Buddhism. Or <laughs> I say, but like, to be doing it for like four weeks, I think I'm bloody. Was Gandhi a Buddhist? I feel like I'm that. Macho man Gandhi Savage is who I feel like I am after four lessons. <laughs> But it's all about chill out, innit? It's all about balance and you can't be always be kind. You have to just, um, you have to be kind to yourself first, I think. Because life is a roller coaster, man. And I heard someone say something the other day, which was quite prof profound, right? That life is a roller coaster that we're supposed to enjoy. But we know that somewhere on this roller coaster, someone has built a brick wall. So, <laughs> there you go. Do you know what I mean? You've paid your money, you're buzzing, you've got on the roller coaster, mint. It's got its ups, it's got its downs. It's enjoyable. But if you knew this roller coaster had a brick wall on it, can you really enjoy, you know, when you're going down these these bits where it's like, wee or whatever you want to shout, and you're going down enjoying it, would you enjoy it if you knew that at the bottom of it could be a brick wall? No, I don't know. Or do you just say, well, enjoy the moment, but can you truly enjoy it when you know that there's that little brick, well, there's that, well, that brick wall somewhere, or a spike or something like that? And that's life. And that brick wall, I'm afraid, is the inevitability of death. We can enjoy life, but in our subconscious, I think, is always that we're not going to, we're not, make, no one's making it out alive. Because, and I've said it before, like it's a, uh, um, you know, human beings' natural instinct that the only one thing that we're, we're built to do is to stay alive. And then our only guarantee is that we're not. So it's a juxtaposition and one that, we struggle with mentally, I think. It's like <laughs> knowing we you know, animals don't really know that they're gonna that they're gonna die. So they just get on with it. Whereas we know the inevitability of death. So it might just plays on our noggins a little bit. 
Oh, it did with me. More so when I was younger. I'm an only child, and I don't know if that's got out to do with it, but I'd go to bed and just lie awake just thinking about it. Like, what happens? What happens? It d- can't just all stop. I'll miss you. You know, just... It's a it's mind-boggling, isn't it? And no, no amount of... I mean, I used to talk about it a lot with friends and stuff. We used to, like... Back in the day, you'd, we'd do, like, a mushroom trip and that and then just look for, like, answers and talk about it and get real deep. And then you, the older you get, you, you think, like... You start to think, well... Just whatever will be, will be, is how I think. It's been a it's been a blast anyway, and just whatever will be, will be. We'll deal with it when we get there. You don't want to waste too much life uh, worrying about it, because, you know... It's all about the journey, man, not the destination, and all that sort of jazz. So, it's got to the time of the podcast where... Oh, in fact, should we do book club before I go and get a brew? This is called A Little Allowed an anthology of prose and poetry for reading aloud to someone you care for. Um, There it is for those just watching. For those listening, it's edited by Angela McMillan. Reading aloud is a pleasure, a pure pleasure. And that's that's Stephen Fry who said that, so... And there you go. And it's a lovely book... And it's just got lots of little chapters of, of other, you know, from other books and stuff, little stories, little poems and bits and pieces. And it's built for just reading to people that you care for. On the front cover, there is a picture of an old man. This makes me actually want to mal. Just this old man. It's like a shadow of an old man. And then there's an old woman sat on a, or is it a kid or someone, reading to him. But it's not just for that, like it in end of life care. It's for reading to people who you care about. You know, it could be you. you well, I don't need to tell you. Do you? It could be a guinea pig for all I know. But it's a great book, and it has some. It's a, it's a good exercise. You know, if you have someone in your life that you care for, if you know, if your partner might feel uncomfortable and a bit comfortable and a bit weird at first, but. I used to, I've done it, I used to do it with my ex, and it's nice to do, you know, if you're just out for a picnic or you're just chilling, read to one another, just a little bit, you don't have to read stories, because I can't, you know, we know how flustered I get when I read, but just little bits, little bits of reading to someone goes a long way, so that's a little top tip for you, (laughs) not that you need it, yeah, yeah, here's a top tip, read to someone. You do you, mate. You don't have to. That was the worst book club we've ever done. I've ever done. Because that's the structure. Right, this is the time of the podcast where I go and get a brew. I'll cut this bit and I'll be back with a full brew in a minute. I'm back. Brew number two. I feel under a lot of stress at the moment. Can I talk? <laughs> I shouldn't really talk about it, but... I'll tell you this. Who was it? Who's, uh, it's not just like the more, I don't know. I don't look at it as being, it's not successful, but the more popular I become, or the channel becomes, a YouTube channel becomes, the more uh, pressure I feel on, on to do stuff. Uh, and I'm not complaining. It's good. It's good to have, um, you know, options, sponsors, things like that. 
but once you start getting a few sponsors on good, it like I don't I feel pulled from pillar to post a little bit. <laughs> and you know, although you know, I don't promote anything that I, that I'm not into myself. But I've ended up with just like a bit of a back catalogue of like people who want me to do stuff for them. And and it starts to take away spontaneity for me. And that's what I like the most. Because me ADHD, I like to, I can't, when my diary gets too full of stuff, I start to panic a little bit and be like, well, what? where's my time for just doing random stuff? And adv- like true, like, ad- you know, true adventurous stuff that's just on a whim, which I do like to do. It takes away a lot of that. So, you know, for anyone who does watch the YouTube channel, I'm sorry if that is a, a thing, you know, I have, to, but I do have to, I do have sponsors that I have to uh, do little sponsored ads now, just a little bit. Just a little bit, not forever. It's only a couple of months, one on, one off. So it's not going to be every video, but every now and again, I have to just chuck in a little advert, I'm afraid. Just a little 30 second advert every now and again. Just because, you know, it just keeps Wolf's front door. And I don't think it may, you know, I'm not, I did do a bit of soul search. I was like, is that really what I want to do? And, yeah, it is, mate, because it takes a lot of pressure off me and it makes me um, it makes me be able to do it for longer, this whatever I'm doing. But the more popular you get, the more people sort of come at you <laughs> for stuff. And I need to, once I've got all these out of the way and done, I'm just going to just go back to doing a bit of hiking and and all that sort of stuff, mate, just to ground myself. I'm, I'm acting like I'm selling out O2 Arena and that. It's a 30-second Hello Fresh advert, Paul. Come on. Sort the nogging out, lad. Uh, yeah, but I'm just really aware that I want to. I don't want to lose my... I wanna, don't want to lose a grip on it, you know? Because I like to sometimes swear and talk like a bit mad on videos and that. Or have a drink. And then I don't want to... I don't want then for people to be like, oh, we'd like to sponsor a video. And then I do the video and then they get back to me, which has happened. They get back to me and they're like, actually, can you, there's a bit there where you call Joe, you call Joey D a, you know, whatever, a pubic wizard or, a, you know, you've said some mad shit to Joey D. Can you cut it out, please? I'm like, what? That's the funny bit. The funny bit is where, we we have a little bit of a laugh and a drink and a swear and all that sort of stuff. That's what makes people come back. That what that's what makes me come back. <laughs> it's calling Joey D a bramble-headed wizard. But you know you have to play the game a little bit. There's a balance. I'm fine-tuning it at the moment anyway, and it's something that I probably shouldn't even be talking about now. But you know what I mean. It's just what we do on this podcast. We talk about our feelings. We all get together. All nine of us, me and you lot, all of us, in an Airbnb, talking about our feelings, doing a bit of breath work, maybe some magic mushrooms. Not really, but let me tell you what I did on the weekend. So, (laughs) I went, so, 
I had a free weekend actually, and I was speaking to Matt somehow. I don't know. My brain's a fucking. I don't know. I can't re recall even just like the weekend of how it came about, but we got chatting and then, and he was just like, "Oh, BTW, me and me brother-in-law Jamie or Jamie are off camping in Kent." He says, "Would you like to come?" I says. At first I said, yeah, and then I said, actually, I can't because, and this is true, which actually, this is what I've just been talking about. I had to film some stuff for some people who wanted some stuff filming and planning. So I had a lot of work, I had a lot of work to do, so I couldn't. So I was like, actually, mate, I can't. And then he said, you're a pussy, or something like that. And then I said, right, I'll show you. Give me 45 minutes, so ass up, head down, got on with it, got it all done, texted him and said, I'm on my way. He said, well done. He mind tricked me, basically. He mind fucked me into going down there. And fair enough, I'm an, uh, I, you know, all my friends know how to work, like, you know, are you coming out? And I'm like, no. And even if you don't, you're just like, oh, come on, mate. I'll be like, oh, go on then. <laughs> Because it's just, you know, why not? So anyway, I went down to Kent for uh, to camp out with Matthew and his brother-in-law, who we are all in a, a group chat because we're going out onto Dartmoor, and that's why they were going into the woods, I think, to test out their kit, make sure that they weren't going to shit themselves when it came to came to big big trip. And <laughs> so I got there. And it was dark when I got there. And Matt dropped a pin to let me know where they were in this woods. And I parked next to Jamie's van in this, you know, when you get like a, a forestry, like a forest or a woodland that's open to the public and it has a little, like a little woodland car park. It's often like, uh, often has like logs all the way around it, just, you know, dictate where you can park and all that sort of gear, maybe a little bin for dog shit little map at woods and all that sort of stuff. It's one of them. Uh, but the woods we were staying in was opposite that. So I didn't even stick to the path because Matt had dropped a pin and I like walking through woods at night anyway. So I was just like, right, let's go. I thought I'll loop around and then come back. I'll double back into their camp and I shall observe them and then maybe jump out on one of them. And then in my head I was thinking, oh, imagine if like one of them just went for a piss and I could grab him. Hand round mouth, shh, 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 like that. Man down, take him out like that. Didn't happen anyway, it didn't happen like that. Because they were just bumbling back from car, clinking, moaning, and just making a right racket. So they were easy to snipe. Uh, yeah, and that was it. We set up the tents in the dark. And this was quite late on, so this must have been about, I want to say about eight or nine o'clock. And... We had a bit of a drinky poos. I was. I took all my stuff down. I took me all my cameras and my podcast equipment because I thought, well, we'll just do a podcast from the fire. That'll be nice, won't it? No, it didn't happen. It didn't happen, but that was that was always on the cards. But I didn't feel bad for it. It was good to just. It was good just to hang out in woods with lads. Really enjoyed it. Uh. Now, 
Right, full disclosure, right? Full disclosure. You know DMT, the spirit molecule, Dimitri. I thought uh, we had some of that and um, Jamie didn't actually because he's a professional businessman and a family man. Whereas me and Matt are in, uh, <laughs> well, I don't know. I was going to say we're searching for a higher purpose, but we also just like to get a little bit buck wild every now and again, up for a laugh. But when it comes to stuff like this, like, I, so I did mushrooms not so long back as a, you know, didn't drink, went out, did them, looking for answers, you know, just looking for questions, you know, you know, answers, getting spiritual with it as a part of a learning thing and about um, a healing thing. And I'd like to say that that was the same with this one, but I was, uh, I'd had a few sherbets, you know, I'd had a few beers and then we were like, oh, do you want to just, do you want to do some of this? DMT. And, you know, I've heard about it on Joe Logan's podcast or there's a few UFC fighters that I know have done it. Dan, the hitman Hardy. He used to talk about it quite a lot. And so I was like, yeah, why not, man? Why not? Let's go see what these machine elves have got to offer. Um, because, <laughs> you know, well, it's been used for hundreds of years um, as part of a religious ceremonies across South America. You know, it appears naturally in plants, in animals. It's believed to be also created in our penial, what is it called, the uh, uh, penal gland in, in our brains and that when we die... There's a huge release of this DMT that is why people have these like mad experiences, you know, when they have near-death experiences and they see their lives flashing before their eyes and, and all this mad stuff. It's because apparently, it's not proven obviously because you can't come back once you die, but apparently once your body's dying, it releases this uh, DMT out of your penal gland. <laughs> Uh, it's all very spiritual and a lot of people will go out and they'll seek down, you know, they'll seek a shaman and they'll brew, brew these, they'll brew these plants and go and see these machine elves, have a complete breakthrough, come back and it's just, you know, rewired how you look at life or put it, maybe put things in perspective, maybe heal a few hurts and all this good stuff that I'm into. But but for me, anyway, it didn't quite pan out like that. I was more... So Matt... <laughs> I don't know if... Did Matt do it and I did it? So apparently you're supposed to anyway. You're supposed to have like... He was like, you've got to do about... You've got to do about four or five hits on this pipe to get... A, to get like really get through the... Get through the waiting room, they call it. The waiting room, innit? So I'd had like I'd had like three or four raves and Matt had had some as well. And I think like the beginning of our trip was we were in it together and Matt, it was just where Matt was going, come on, do more, you big flannel, like that. <laughs> and, so, and I'm like, but I have, mate, I've done it. I like I'm you know, I'm I, I think he thought I wasn't feeling it, but I was more <laughs> I was. And then so I was just like, oh, do more. 
did more. And I was just ends up doing about I don't know, mate, and seven or eight of these blasts anyway. And I blasted off somewhere uh, to, but I tell you what happened, right? It was just at, you're supposed to go and like chat with the gods or see interdimensional machine elves, which will give you the secrets of the universe. I just rolled around laughing like an absolute buffoon. And I don't know what that says about me or about anything really, but I was just, so what happened with me, loads of things happened. I was seeing all sorts. It was all going too quick. Some stuff I couldn't, I can't explain to you because when I come back, my brain wouldn't, uh, I don't have the, I don't have the, um, what is it? I don't have the words for it. There's not words for it, but it was, uh, one bit I did remember, right, was where there was just this bloke, like this omnipresent bloke, is that a word? I don't know, omnipresent, like just some bloke anyway, this fractally shape of a bloke. And he was a man, I think, he did have a male aura to him. And he just had this box full of shapes, and I... <laughs> oh, And I was one of these shapes, right, in this box. And he just sort of threw them out, scattered them everywhere. And I was like, whoa. Like, I was just, <laughs> I was just one of them. And that was it. That was, it floored me. It absolutely floored me. And I hadn't laughed like that. Well, I can't remember, mate. I was in bits, man. I was absolutely in bits at how simple it was. I think that's what was funny to me, is how... Uh, is how simple it was. It seemed like a joke. It was like, oh, you mean all these fears and these aspirations and these things, and it just, and I'm just a shape. <laughs> I am a shape. And that was like, I don't know if I had it again, because I did a couple of different hits, and then, was I just a shape every time? I know this. Every time I did it, I just couldn't stop laughing. Rolling. Like, honestly, I was on at one point on all fours because I couldn't breathe. And then it's... When you when someone's losing it like that, it's infectious, isn't it? So I'd just look over at Jamie and Jamie was, like, laughing like fuck. And then Matt's laughing. <laughs> and it was just, like, hysteria. And I was just a shape. That's how we, that's how funny it was, mate. And that's life because I'll tell you this. When I was a youth, right, I used to go to the dentist. And this is when I was maybe eight years old. I go to the dentist. I went to the dentist when I was eight this one time. And my dad knew the dentist. They were mates. They played rugby together. So the dentist put this gas and air on me because back then you'd have gas and air before you had the injections for your fillings or whatever. So he'd bang this thing over my nose and then he'd just start chatting to my dad about rugby or whatever. And then he'd occasionally be like, are you, you know, right, Paul, are you le are you, can you feel your legs tingling yet? And I was always just, even though my legs were well tingly, I'd be like, nope, can't feel it, mate. Just, just like, because I just wanted that buzz. And he keep chatting to my dad and he's like, are you, are you, can you feel it uh, tingling? And by this point, like my eyes are tingling. Like every, I'm gone. Like Ed's gone. Everything's gone. I'm like, Gah. and he's like, right, let's go. And 
during one of the dental procedures, I just did the same thing as I, as I did there with that shape thing. And it reminded me of it is I just started laughing uncontrollably laughing because this, um, like a crocodile had told me the meaning of life, right? This is when I was eight. This is quite profound for an eight year old trip. I also, you should, don't be tripping when you're eight. That's mad. But this crocodile just turned around to me and sort of told me the meaning of life, but it was the punchline to the funniest joke I've ever heard. I don't know what the joke was, but it was just like that life was just a punchline to a hilarious joke. And I just was in on it and I just started creasing up. Like you couldn't put the tools in my mouth or anything. I was just, I was losing it laughing. And it was like that. I was doing that in the woods, just like, I'm a shape. Ah, <laughs> uh, hilario, hilario. Anyway, we did that and then just like chilled out a little bit. I made a little, I did some bush crafty stuff, made a little pot hanger. We cooked some stews, had a little plinky plink with catapult and with air rifle. This was all the next day in the Soberlighter day in, in the beautiful woodland. It was gorgeous. Loads of bluebells coming through on the on the forest floor. Um, and the trees were really nicely spaced out so you, had, you could see quite far. And it was one of them, like meadowy almost. Beautiful woodland and a lovely place to spend the day. And so we just chilling and doing some, what are we doing, bushcraft? Yeah, just hanging out in woods, man. Just hanging around at fire, doing whatever. It was a real, it was more subdued than the night before, obvs. But it was nice, man. Just felt good. Um, and we we were good. We were good for an early night. We were in bed by about 11, crashed out. And then in the night, I heard, I heard this like, like revving. And a horn going off like a car alarm, right? And my my truck, it sounded like my truck. I thought my truck was getting jacked. Because we were parked like 10, 15 minutes away. But on a night, that sound travels, doesn't it? Especially when you've got no other traffic around or anything. And so it, I must have listened to this for like a, good, a couple of minutes. And it was like, Pete, like, it was confusing. There was shouting going on and revving and then the horn and then it, then it all just stopped i'm like what the f thinking like what was that and then i heard them two had got up and like they, they were like what did you hear that and we had a little chat of like yeah what that must have been something to do with truck or whatever and so them two went to go and have a look and i just went back to sleep i wasn't bothered anyway because I, like, I just thought if it's if truck's been nicked and there's nothing i'm gonna do now is that i'm like it's Ah, four it morning, four it morning, or something like that on a Saturday, no Sunday morning. There's nothing that I'm gonna do. In fact, all it would do is depress me, and I won't be able to get back to sleep. I wanted to go back to sleep. Them two came back, and they were like, "You'll never believe it, right? Someone has pushed my truck, which is an Isuzu Isuzu D Max four wheel drive truck, right? So not small." That and Jamie's transit boxed off big old thing has rammed them out of the car park into a ditch. Like WTF. So I wanted to go back to sleep. The lads were like, now they couldn't get back to sleep because I think once you, 
you need to have slept loads in woods to be able to just like sleep in the woods, I think. If you're newbies, you maybe just struggle a little bit to sleep. Whereas I don't. I just wanted to, I was, I'm happy just to kip normally. But they were up. And so I was like, fuck it, we'll get up. And so we did. We got everything packed away. In the l- it was in the light by this point. It was still early doors, like, but it was it was light. Squared away, leave no trace, obvs. Made our way back to the trucks. And I was like, I when I saw it, I was like, that looks so mad. Because it's like the trucks as you n- remember them, but but they're just on some mad angles, like like poking out the fucking ground, like uh I don't know, it just looked mad. It looked mad. Um, it just didn't look right. And we couldn't get our heads around why that had have happened because we weren't blocking any... We weren't blocking anything. We were just in a car park. And then the next thing you know, they were just in this ditch. My bonnet had tomato sauce, like someone had dashed tomato sauce on it. The, the night before, someone had dashed tomato sauce on it. But... It's such an escalation, isn't it, for, to go from a little sachet of tomato sauce to <laughs> ramming you into a ditch. Like, where's the... That's zero to 100, that, isn't it? You'd think you'd work your way up to, like, at least go through the condiments, the summer. You've just gone straight from a sachet of tomato sauce, like, oh, that'll teach them, to, oh, it didn't teach them, let's ram them off the fucking road into a ditch, man. Some absolute redneck hillbilly donut has done that fine okay so it's knackered front of my truck up like he's hanging off now front of my truck i thought that it was just superficial damage like scratching all the front of it but he actually knackered front of my truck up and it was okay for me because i've got it's a four-wheel drive so i just chuck it into four-wheel low bosh i'm out i got out quite easy but Jamie had bottomed out on these sleepers, these sleeper rails that they'd put around the car park. Jamie had sort of bottomed out on his van on that. So he couldn't get any purchase on his wheel. Uh, so we were trying for, we were trying everything, man, trying to like put all our weight on one side of this wheel, trying to saw off the the sleeper rail. We had these, we had some crank straps to try and tow him, but there were, the, there were them shitty crank straps that you get just for tying stuff down, not for towing. They snapped. We had this big rope that snapped and we were just, it was a trauma, man. And normally on the front of them, uh, on the front of your truck, you have this, uh, you have a bit that you can, you screw in a, like a, a, a metal ring to be towed out and we couldn't find it anywhere on Jamie's truck. And then Matt just, Matt just looked at me and he goes, imagine if that's the shape that you were. <laughs> you know when I was saying I was a shape he was like imagine if you're that shape that we really need right now which was lols and I was like oh yeah imagine if I was that shape and I, but I thought I was that shape to tow him out and I was like oh yeah we've towed him and then, but really all that happened is like it just pulled me limb from limb and I woke up limbless in an hospital I'm a shape you're this shape now mate you're like a chicken nugget with an head that's good with ketchup and that. Anyway, eventually, and this must have been about two hours, like of, of scratching our heads, trying everything. We were going to wait until the nearest Halfords opens and go try and buy one of these things. But we managed to get this rope round Jamie's roof rack and sort of pull him on an angle so that his front wheel got some traction and he managed to get it out. High fives all round. 
See you later. Thanks for coming. That's it. But what the fuck? What? Like, what? Who did that? Why did they do it? Just so many questions need answers. Now, I'm quite a forget. I'm forget a forgiving person, sir. Oh, it annoyed me, and it still is annoying. I'm more curious than anything. But Matt is <laughs> turns out he's a vengeful little man, and I think he just and probably still is fantasizing about different ways in which he could destroy whoever did this. And there was talk of, and then you can put it in the comments if you want to say if this is a good idea, but there was talks of maybe going back and parking uh, like a car there all night and just lying in wait, maybe with night vision or whatever, and just seeing who comes. And if he comes back and rams us off road, we'll get one of them stingers, you know, a police stinger straight across back of him. So he comes out, pops his tyres, and then we can have a... Not our, well, not have our way with him, but we can have a little chat with him, can't we? We can say, look, mate, we can just douse him in ketchup, can't we? And just tie him to the back of the truck and drag him through woods covered in ketchup or whatever. And I mean, that would just make a great YouTube video, wouldn't it? Capturing the, capturing him or her, could have been a her. It'd make, it'd make a good video. But I, I think the reason is, after Matt has looked into it, is that the wood that we were parked in, which we weren't staying in, is is maybe notorious for groups of young lads and lasses getting a little bit buck wild and leaving a mess. And maybe the locals are just a little bit at the end of their tether with it. So they're like, fucking take this for you know destroying our woods. They may be just like local dog walkers or farmers or whatever. And they thought that we were maybe in there making a mess of something. That's the only thing I can think why they would put tomato sauce on truck and then push it into a ditch. You can't spend too much time thinking about it, though, because it's mad, isn't it? It'll drive you bonkers. So that's that. Next time I go out with Matt, we'll, we've got some. We've got a time frame booked for this Dartmoor thing. It'll be very different. We're not going to be going chatting to the machine elves or becoming pieces of a jigsaw puzzle hilarious jigsaw puzzles we're going to actually get some content make some you know make a podcast do all that sort of stuff this one we just was one that we needed to get out of our system and i for one thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it it's very therapeutic just to laugh you know take away all the i was a shape and all that sort of stuff in fact Listen to this. This is what made it even funnier the next day. Matt was like, oh, do you know, remember that um, CBeebies thing with Mr. Maker? And I do, from having a daughter. We used to watch it, but can I play it? Hold on. Oh, they're asleep. Mm. Let's wake them up. <laughs> Mr. Maker's waking up these things, right? And they're all shapes. And they're all asleep. This is this is madness, really, because he's come in and he's done all this like magic shit to these shapes to wake them up, and that's maybe that how I, how I felt. <laughs> this is good content, isn't it?
I just keep pausing it. Will I get done for copyright with this, do you think? Or not? It's too late. Anyway, we're going for it. I am a shape. I am a shape. <laughs> With Mike and that, I am a shape. Anyway. I am a Muppet. Oh. oh, it's too much. Oh, dear me. Tears, mate. Shit. Oh, yeah, good. Actual tears there of laughter. So, that's good, isn't it? What have we learned? We've learned that I am a shape. We're all shapes, aren't we? I am a triangle. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, good. Because I sent, to, oh, I did say it, Matt, like, imagine them shapes because they look mad. I'll try and put up, for anyone just watching on Patreon, I'll put a little thing of the shapes on now, hopefully, if I can be bothered. It's a lot of work in it, but I'll do it anyway, just for banter. Uh, and I was like, yeah, imagine, I reckon when them shapes do DMT, they just become like a Yorkshireman in a flat cap. I am a Yorkshireman. Na 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 na. I am a Yorkshireman. Na 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 na. Uh, because at our core, I guess we just are all shapes, aren't we? You know, if you want to just break it down, we're all just a shape. And we all fit in somewhere or... Anyway, there's no point in me trying to just uh, <laughs> tell you that we're all shapes and that because it doesn't make any sense anymore. It did do. At the time, it was hilarious and like, oh, I'm, I'm a shape. That's what it is. That's all I am. And then it felt like, oh, you don't have to worry anymore. There is no panic. There's no worry because I'm just a shape. You know what I mean? I'm just this shape that's just in the world with all these other shapes. I'm just another shape. So why should I be sad or why should I why should I let my thoughts control me? All that like it was beautiful. That's why it was so funny, because it was lovely. It was a lovely feeling to be a shape. I'll have you know. Uh, is that everything, yeah? We've done it. We've done it. We've made it through another podcast. Well done, everybody. That's episode 16 there. Now, you'd think that I'd read you something from this book of being um from this book, wouldn't you? But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. The this this I'm gonna say this week because that makes it like I do a weekly podcast. I don't do a weekly podcast. I do these when I've got time. That's it. A lot of the time you'll get like early release content and little bits and pieces like that. And these podcasts are just when I've got time to do them. But I'm going to leave you with my own poem that I did last year because I'm going to I'm going to put it out on my Instagram again because I'm seeing again I'm seeing a lot of people with with Easter coming and the weather's nice. I'm seeing a lot of people going out and having barbecues and 
using them disposable barbecues, leaving a mess, leaving scorch marks in beauty spots. So I'm going to just put out that video again. It's been a year since I put it out and um, I'm just going to put that little poem out there just to give everyone a little, you know, bring it to the forefront of everyone's noggins. And that's what I'm going to leave you with now. So I thank you all for watching on Patreon. I thank you all for listening into your lug oils. If you're just listening, take care of yourselves. Much love. I'll see you soon. I love the summer in the great outdoors. The coast, the woods, the mountains, the moors. I love swimming in lakes, in rivers, in the sea. I love hiking with me mates and a flask of Yorkshire tea. A pint of landlord in the beer garden, a can of faith in the park. Regretting to bring a jumper for when it gets dark. I love the smell in the air of the first barbecue. That inspirational whiff makes us want one too. I guess you don't really know what you've got till it's gone. And we've all been so socially distant for so long That we're coming out of the traps Like a whippet on the track And we're taking our rubbish But we're not bringing it back So don't be a muppet and leave all your rubbish Be more like a womble And t- You what? Oh it's like a uh, It's like a It's like a mythical It's like a dog It's like a bear It's like a It's like a cross between a It's like an anteater And a bear But it wears a hat. It's like an ant. Hey Siri, what's a womble? The wombles are fictional pointy-nosed, furry creatures created by Elizabeth Beresford and originally appearing in a series of children's novels from 1968. Anyway, I digress. What I'm basically saying is don't leave a mess. I love the summer and the great outdoors. The coast, the woods, the mountains, the moors. And we're all in this together as we're spinning through space. So let's make it better for one another and leave no trace.